Episode number 49. Hi, you're listening to the Careers Beyond Motherhood podcast with your host, Janine Esbrand. I'm here to help working mums like you to thrive in your careers and in motherhood. I share tips, strategies and inspirational conversations with awesome women to help reduce the struggle in your juggle. Hello, hello and welcome to the show. It is awesome to be back with you again today. I'm excited about today's topic because we are talking about mentoring and mentoring is so, so important. It can be an absolute game changer for many, especially if you are a working mum and you're trying to figure out how you're going to make your particular career or role work post-motherhood. It's important for you to look around and find people who have done it or who are doing it that you can learn from and be encouraged by. Um, I know for me personally, having a mentor was the key to me achieving my goal of becoming a lawyer at the start of my career. Without my mentor taking me under her wing and showing me where I was going wrong with my applications to law firms, I would not be where I am today. I mean, I'm sure I would have got there eventually because I'm super driven and determined but it would definitely have taken me a lot longer to achieve my goals had my mentor not stepped in and given me some much needed help and advice at the time so if you are listening to this episode I just want to give a public shout out and thank you to um, that mentor her name is Chooks Golding and I just want to say thank you for your guidance back then and your continued support with everything that I'm doing in my career I really appreciate you The mentoring relationship can really be beneficial for both sides. So I've been on both sides of the table and as a mentor, it has been so amazing to be involved in the journeys of different mentees. So I've worked with different law students who have been at the stage where they are getting started with their careers, putting out applications, trying to figure out where they want to go in terms of the types of firms or organisations they want to work for. And it's just been great to see the progress, to see the excitement, to see how uh, committed they are. And then when I get the call or the email to say, you know, I got the job, I secured a training contract, or I'm getting started in this new role, thank you so much. It is just amazing it's such a great feeling to know that I've helped and I've been able to give back so on today's episode I'm going to be hearing from my guest about her experience of mentoring and the difference that it's made to her career so Amanda Adiola is going to be coming on and sharing with us a bit about her career journey and how her role in family law changed slightly after she had her son she's also going to be talking to us about how mentoring has played a key role in her career from a very young age She also talks about how you can go about finding a mentor, whether that's formally or informally, and why you should really just get over the fear and reach out to those people that you really admire in your industry or field. So without further ado, let's jump right into my conversation with Amanda. Hi, Amanda. It is so great to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Thank you for having me, Janine. Um, My name is Amanda Adiola. I'm a family law solicitor. I'm an associate uh, at BHP Law based in Darlington, which is the northeast, um, sort of in between uh, Newcastle and Durham. And I've been practicing for almost 10 years now. Awesome. Okay, I always love meeting fellow lawyers. And so there's (laughs) lots I'm going to ask you about about your career. Um, Before we do that, can you share with us a bit about what your career looked like um, pre-motherhood and then what it looks like now? Wow. Pre-motherhood, I worked full-time, five days a week, 
I was a paralegal for a little while, for about three months before I was offered a trading contract um, with a local firm in Darlington here. Um, I had a very busy practice. I was doing care proceedings, so I could be out till 9, 10 at night on emergency care orders and things like that. Um, So it was pretty full on and very busy. But I found that after I had my first son, I couldn't do care work anymore for starters. I think emotionally I couldn't handle that anymore. And secondly, I couldn't give that time of being able to work till 10 p.m. because there's an EPO that you have to be you know, dealing with. Childcare arrangement wouldn't allow that. And I sort of wanted to sort of change. So coming back after maternity leave, I decided to just focus on private practice only. So private law, children matters, and also divorce and finance. And to reduce my hours of work from five days a week, I went to three days initially. Then when my son was about three, I went to four days. Um, but now I'm back on doing three days again because I have another little girl. <laughs> I love that. I love the um, the transition. And it's interesting that you said that you kind of had to change your practice area slightly because of the emotional elements and how things mm. changed for you when you became a mum. So for many people, we talk about kind of flexible working and changing things after you become a mum. But that's not the only thing. Like our values change and the way we view yes. things change. So it's interesting to hear that. How can you talk a bit more about that and how how there was a shift for you? when you had had your son? I think it was very difficult because when I did care work, I was acting for, I wasn't on children panel, so I was acting for aunties, uncles, external, extended family members in terms of care proceedings when children were being removed and placed with other family members. And it was really hard when I came back having become a mum to then sit there in the room to say to this person that I'm sorry, we can't keep your child, certain safeguarding concerns and things like that. As strong as I am emotionally, it was very difficult. And I took the view that this is perhaps the best time for me to shift. It's just the very emotions are running high in those kind of cases. And doing them when I, before I had my own child, yes, I had nieces and nephews. It was hard. I could sort of detach myself from it, even though sometimes I would get home and cry my eyes out because of what's just happened at court. But having your own child makes it completely different. Sometimes I put myself in the, in their shoe to think, how would I feel if somebody told me they were taking my little boy away from me? Yeah. And I just thought, no, we, ha- we had to draw that line now. <laughs> we, yeah. So what does your practice look like now? So you said it's quite varied and you do yes. different things. So can you talk a bit about um, what, what it looks like? So at the moment I do divorce and finance. So I come in when people are getting divorced, when they can't agree arrangements for their children, when they can't resolve issues about their finances. So Although I'm a member of Resolution and we always try to resolve matters amicably, sometimes emotions do run high and people don't settle things. So I do all my own, well, a majority of my own advocacy. So I go to court and I act for families in all sorts of matters to do with, you know, child arrangement and divorce and finance, etc. It's a varied practice. It's a busy practice. Sometimes I could be out of court all week and then coming back to the office, you know, working three days trying to juggle, okay, I'm at court. Wednesday, Thursday, and then I've got Friday to catch up from everything that's on my desk, as well as, you know, knowing you're going to be off for another two days before you come back again. It is difficult, but somehow we managed to make it work because I've got a colleague that also returned from maternity leave and she also works three days a week. So we we sort of help each other out. So if there's anything pressing that comes in on my matter, when I'm off, she assists. If there's anything pressing on hers, I assist. And we do that with holidays as well. So when she's away, I look after her files. When I'm away, she looks after my files. So you don't come back to 
a scary workload or worrying about what's happened. We can actually enjoy your break. Yeah, that's brilliant. And is that something that was formally arranged or did you guys just kind of fall into that kind of role of supporting one another? It wasn't arranged, to be honest. You know, it just fell into it. I mean, I I moved firms about four months ago. And I think one of the things that um, my colleague said to me was that it's amazing to have somebody that you can actually have as a support system and I remember when she was going away and I said to her oh, are you all right for me to look after your matters for you and I'll leave a note of everything I do and she was like oh, really you're gonna do that I was like yeah <laughs> because that's what I was used to from where I came where I used to work so we just help each other out like that which which makes it makes life easier so you're not worrying when you're off yeah and I think that's so important that support element when people are thinking about you know going back to work or they've recently gone back to work one of the things that sometimes get missed is the importance of having a support network within the firm or even externally but knowing that you have the go-to people you know the people that you can go to when you're having a little meltdown or when you just need to ask a question or need to support so I always encourage people to make sure that you're being intentional about building your network and mm. building your network with the right types of people when you're on your your journey of juggling work and family life so I love that I love that you kind of have fallen into that together yeah. one thing I wanted to talk to you about is something we talked about previously and that is your passion for mentoring and mm-hmm. where that has come from and why that's important to you so can you can you talk a bit about that See, when I was a little girl and I wanted to be a lawyer, we had this uncle who, used, who was a lawyer in Nigeria. I grew up in Nigeria before I moved here when I was a teenager. And I remember my mom saying that when I was little, every time I would cry that I wanted to go to court with him. But the courts in Nigeria, not, you know, not like the courts here. You really don't want kids going there. And my mom would never let me go. And I would cry and cry and cry, she would say. But I, as I got older, I found that different people at different stages of my life that I met I just would, you know, look up to them and say, I, I like what they're doing. But I never had that fear to ask, to say, well, can I, just, can I just talk to you? Can I just ask you a few questions? And nobody till today, nobody has ever said no to me. And I think it's very important because people are afraid to ask somebody for help. And you can't let fear stop you from doing, you know, what you want to do. People are there to help you and to propel you to greatness, as my brother would say. So you always have to ask. All you have to do is ask. I mean, even till today, there are people that I look up to that I'm really scared to ask if they would be my mentor. I know recently one of the um, senior judges in this area, I admire her so much, but I've been so afraid to actually go in there to court 11 to say, can I please see her and just ask her? And I just, as a leap of faith, I just sent an email. And the funny thing is, I didn't even know her email address. I just used different variations of her name to kind of get to her. And she received the email and her response was so humbling. She said, I don't bite. All you have to do is ask me. And she agreed to be my mentor, no matter how old you are. I think that's what people miss. They think, oh, I've been doing it for 12 years. I've been doing it for 20 years. It doesn't matter. You're not too old to have a mentor. You're not too old to learn something new. I'm still learning in my journey. And I think it's important for people who are coming into law to know that everybody who's, who's been in the practice for longer than them is not standoffish, is not, you know, is not hostile. You can come and ask. And we can only grow by supporting one another. That's how I see it. So I think it's very important that people, you know, mentor each other. You take on a mentee if you can. I mean, Yes, it is hard work. Everybody has a busy practice. But the, the thing with emails now and Skype calls and things like that, you can always you know, spare five, 10 minutes to just help somebody out to assist them in moving in their career to, you know, 
people worry about different things, if they can at least speak to somebody about it, you don't know how that will have a significant impact on them. So spend five minutes, 10 minutes. I have amazing network of, I call them my villagers, and they're all there to support me. And I like to pay that forward. And that's the whole point why that's the whole reason why I'm doing it. Yeah, I think that is so, so, so amazing and so important. Often people can sit around waiting um, to, for people to approach them or looking yeah. for, you know, an organized scheme or you know, something that's that's created for them to get involved in terms, terms of mentoring. But I love what you said about just getting out there and asking people if there's someone mm. you admire, just ask them. And I think you're right. I've had the same experience that if you ask, people are not likely to say no. Often people want to help and they love sharing about their own experiences and so if you just ask the question and if you're respectful of people's time and you know you you're specific about how they can potentially support you um then yeah that's a great way for you to 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 get that support and also acknowledge that you you don't know everything and and there's people that have walked your path already so you can get get there a lot quicker if you reach out to someone who's already done it or who is doing it and so I'm a massive advocate of of uh, mentoring I have I have been involved in a mentoring scheme and mentored others before and I get so much out of the mentoring side that you wouldn't get otherwise and so it kind of when I work with mentees who are law students it reminds me of how I was when I first got into the profession and it gives me a bit of a boost and, and a reminder of that freshness. And it's just great. I think it's great from both sides. So I agree. Mentoring is so important. Just don't be afraid. I, I mean, as a law student, I used to go to court because I, I, you know, part of my life when I moved to the UK, we both, there's a employment tribunal in Stratford. And I remember every time I wasn't at uni, I would go there and sit and watch the barristers and solicitors do their thing. And at the end of it, I would wait for them and say, you were really amazing. Can I please have your card? You know, I, because I just thought it was important for me to build my connection and to ask, can I please just email you every now and again? There was a barrister I met and I used to email him when I was doing the LPC every time to say, I've just got my results. This is what I got. What do you think? Do you know what I mean? Like, just, <laughs> yeah. Just well, I wasn't really pestering them, but just letting them know, and that helped me because that was how I managed to get myself into the firm that I got into, and that was how I got my training contract. Yes, I, you know, every time I say thank you to the person, they always say, "No, no, no, you worked absolutely hard. You did, you know." But the thing they don't understand is if they didn't give me that time to listen to me and to guide me in the right direction to introduce me to that firm, I probably wouldn't have gotten in. If you want to hear from more changemakers who have expertly navigated the world of work, I recommend you listen to Fixable, a podcast from TED. No matter where you are in your career, host Harvard professor Francis Fry and leadership coach Anne Morris can help you tackle your biggest work problems, from dealing with a gaslighting boss to navigating a soulless job. Their conversations with master fixers and call-in listeners will provide you with honest, practical advice on how to quickly navigate pressing work issues. Find Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't, you don't always know how much you've helped somebody. Um, you don't always know how that particular connection is going to help you. So at the time when you were waiting to speak to those barristers, you wouldn't have necessarily known that that's going to lead somewhere. But it, it's great to take that kind of, okay, I'm just going to connect with this person and be open to where this mm. might lead or not. But yeah, it's taking that bold step to just get out there and connect. 
Yes, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> so are you, are you currently mentoring other people? Do you have uh, mentees that you're working with? I know that you talked about trying to set up some kind of mental program. Can mm-hmm. you talk more about your kind of vision for that and, and what you're doing as a mentor now? I have grand ideas in my head. I don't have any mentees at the moment, but I've had people approach me on LinkedIn and Instagram for work experiences from far and wide, which I'm trying to sort out for them because I know it's hard to get work experiences. But what I'm trying to set up, which I'm not quite there yet, so I'm not going to share too much, is I'm trying to set up sort of like a, a network in the Northeast to get Black and African ethnic minority students give them the opportunity to be able to get work experience and also to give them a chance to apply for pupillages and also um, training contracts because it's really difficult getting in there and breaking that barrier and I think what I'm concerned about is in the region in particular where I am I mean growing up in London you see quite a you know there's a lot of ethnicity there's a mix there's there's diversity but in the northeast not so much in the profession in the legal profession And, you know, like my husband says, you can't complain about something. You've got to try and change it. So what I'm trying to do is to create a platform where those students can get their foot in the door um, Mm. with as much support as possible. So at the moment, I'm at the stages of meeting a few people and trying to fine tune what it's going to look like, how it's going to look like, what platform we're going to use. Um, So watch this space, really, is what what I can say about that. I'm really excited about it. Awesome. I'm excited. It sounds sounds brilliant and something that is so needed. I know that when I was looking for work experience back in the day, it it was difficult. And it is hard when you're trying to break into a profession where you don't necessarily see as many people that look like you or that reflect you and your background as an ethnic minority so um, I'm excited so let me know keep you posted keep us posted on how things develop so I love to ask our guests who are working mums and who are doing the juggle what kind of challenges you faced as a working mum and any tips that you can give to anybody who's at the stage of just getting into it or who is going through the trenches right now and feeling like this is just too hard can you share a bit bit about your experience and, and any tips that you would give to anybody oh wow it is difficult (laughs) that's all I can say but somehow you just make it work I work three days a week you know my son's at school my daughter on the two days I'm not working I have her at home because childcare costs are very expensive so I you know I don't think it makes sense for her to be in nursery five days but somehow we make it work you will get into a routine try not to stress too much I think what I would say is at the beginning it would look like everything is happening and everything is going wrong and you can't manage your time, etc. But it will fall into place and you will make it work. For me, oh, we sort of have a structure <laughs> of how we do things, you know, from waking up to getting to nursery, to getting to school, to me getting to work and then coming back home and doing the same thing. But you have to make time for yourself. It is hard, but you've got to. For me, when my daughter is napping, that's my nap time. That's my rest time because I know she, she naps for about two hours. So I know that's mummy time and I can sort of relax and, and do it. But I honestly don't know how because a lot of us struggle with it. But I think about it from the point of view of my mum did it before me and she did it with six of us. Mm. My grandma did it before me and she did it with 11. Wow. You know, so if they can do it and I've only got two, surely I can manage it. It also helps if you have a supportive partner. And if you don't, you have a support. If you don't have a partner, if you have a supportive family, if you don't have a family, don't keep yourself to yourself. That's what I would say. Create yourself a network of mums. Go to mother and baby groups. You will make friends there. Don't block yourself away. It's not good for your mental health. 
create yourself your own little network where you can, you know, go to softly or whatever. Your kids will play. You guys can have coffee and you can talk and just get to be you for even if it's an hour a day. That's mm. very important. So my time, my me time is always when my daughter is napping and when they go to bed. I try to give myself a couple of hours at least to just wind down. And I try to switch off from work completely when I come home. That's another thing. I don't switch on my tablet. It goes off once I get home. Phone off once I get home. Same thing at the weekend. They're off. Whatever it is, it can wait. I'm sorry. My family is important. And if you get so sucked into work, because I remember what I was like when I was working full time, I was just work, 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 work. I wanted to prove something, to prove something, to prove something. Right now, I still want to prove something, but I prove it with having a good work-life balance. Mm, and, you know, you cannot, you cannot, uh, what's, what's that that my mom says? My mom says, if you work so hard and you end up keeling over, they will get another person to replace you. Wow, that is true. <laughs> that is true. So anytime I'm getting myself all, I just think about it. Oh, do I? No, I've got to just slow down because if you can't do your job, there are loads of other people that they will get to do it. So remember that and always look after yourself. Very important. Oh, brilliant. Absolute gold. That, that's such good advice. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. <laughs> the other thing I like to ask people is to share with us any inspirational quotes or sayings that resonate with you that you think would be encouraging for our listeners. Again, it's for my dear old mother. My mom's so, she's so smart. She's, I so, love she's my so wise. Like, <laughs> I feel like I know her already. Just, <laughs> just by speaking to you for a few minutes. Thanks, mom. <laughs> There's a saying that they say in Nigeria and Yoruba, uh, native tongue. And my mom says that to me all the time in anything that I do. She says that so many different species of birds fly in the sky, but they never collide. Basically, we're so many. We're so different. We all have different ambitions, different goals. Don't see the next man or the next woman as your competition. Work hard to get your own greatness. Strive for your own greatness. What greatness looks like for me is different from what it looks like for you. Don't be fighting and hating on next man because you think they're doing better than you. Let them do them. You do yours. If your time isn't there yet, you will get there when it's your time. It's your time. My mom always says, if, she also says that if something is meant for you, nobody can take it away from you. Mm. You may not get it the first time, but you just have to keep trying. I think when you start to envy what other people have and you're not being supportive of other people, things won't work out for you. Don't wonder why things are going wrong for you when you have that kind of mindset. You've got to encourage other people. If somebody's doing something great, applaud them. Tomorrow will be you that they're cheering for. So don't think that your time isn't here yet. I know I'm great. I say that all the time. Nobody can take that away from me. So I work hard to achieve my own greatness. And if my light is too bright for you, well, move along to the other side. You know, don't, don't, I'm not going to deem it just for you. And, and that's it, really. Just be you. Work hard, achieve what you want to achieve, and everything will fall into place for you. Oh, that is so beautiful. I love that. I've never heard that. Um, <laughs> and so that, that's definitely going to stick with me and one that I'm going to share because I think it's brilliant. It um, sounds better in my language, mind you, but when I translate it, it just sounds awful. Can, but hey. <laughs> can you say it? Can you say it in your language? I can't. I can't. I can't. My husband's laughing at me in the corner. I can't. <laughs> okay maybe we can get your mum on one time <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> she's, she'll say it better. I'm, I'm terrible. I, I'm, I'm not really good at, I can speak Yoruba, but I, it's awful because sometimes I just get so confused. I mix it with English. So it's just so good. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing with us, Amanda. It's been awesome hearing about your journey and your perspective. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Thank you so much. You're doing an amazing job as well. So thank you. Oh, thanks. Isn't Amanda just lovely? It was great to speak to her and hear about her journey and her tips for just being able to reach out and overcome our fears and really run our own race and carve out our own path, but with the help of others. I think it's brilliant. So I hope you took away some real golden nuggets. And if you want to continue the conversation with Amanda, I will put the links to where you can get in touch with her on the show notes. So head over to lightboxcoaching.com forward slash episode hyphen 49 and you can grab those links there now did you notice that we are on episode 49 49 so that means that our next episode is going to be episode 50 i am so excited when i first set out to start this podcast i wasn't quite sure how it would go how many episodes i would record and so to be reaching this milestone is fabulous so i would love it if you would support us in our mission to be supporting more working mums just like you the way that you can do that is to leave us a rating and review and just let people know what you think about the show so that more women just like you can find it. You can do that on iTunes or whichever app you're using to listen to the show. You can just take a few moments to leave a rating and review. I'd really, really appreciate it. All right, that's all from me today. If you haven't done so already, come and connect with me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm spending a lot more of my time in terms of social media these days. So come over there and connect with me. I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode. In the meantime, look after you and look after your babies. This podcast features music from Ben Sound.